Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, welcome into a special edition of the J.P. Peterson Show here as we are going to look at the state of the Tampa Bay Lightning as they enter uh, next season, the 23-24 season, and also look back on some of the greatest moments in Lightning history, some of the worst moments in Lightning history, some of the funny moments in Lightning history, all that good stuff uh, with my partner from On3 Sports, uh, Nick Geddes, uh, who is... Uh, a grown up in Tampa Bay, watching his Tampa Bay Lightning win three Stanley Cups uh, before the Toronto Maple Leafs can win anything, and, uh, and a lot of a lot of other teams as well. It's been an, an incredible ride. I got here in 1997 uh, and started covering uh, the Lightning, and uh, had not really covered a lot of hockey in my career, uh, quite frankly. But now here I am um, entering my eighth year working for the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, as their intermission and pregame host on the Jumbotron, and I can tell you it has been nothing short of the greatest job I've ever had. Uh, the folks I get to work with, the first-class organization that I get to work with, and to see the success and how it's been built from the inside out is uh, a rare opportunity in our business and something I do not take lightly and certainly um, would say is one of the highlights of my career, if not the pinnacle. It's been fun working for the Lightning. So I come into this show uh, quite biased, and uh, that is my disclaimer. Uh, but I've had a front row seat at some of the greatest moments in this team's history, so hopefully I'll be able to share some of that knowledge with you today. And Nick will be able to share some of his knowledge uh, more as a fan growing up and watching this team. And we hope you enjoy the the next hour of the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're going to look forward to uh, what's going on with the team this year, and I think it's it's probably safe to say, Nick, that this has probably been – I mean, last year, you know, obviously they they had to lose some players – uh, off that Stanley Cup team. But I think, you know, this year you're losing a couple of guys, especially in Pat Maroon and, and Alex Kalorn, who uh, have been not only mainstays on this team, but mainstays in the community and two of the most popular players this franchise has ever had. But um, as I've said on this show, you know, there's no room for sentimentality in professional sports, especially when you have a salary cap. You cannot pay for past performance. Um, or past loyalty, that's just the business of it. And it sucks sometimes for fans. It sucks for, for teammates. But um, the game must go on, and this game will go on um, with the, without these two very popular players for the Lightning. And I think, frankly, they'll be a better team for it. It hurts to say it, but they'll be a better team for it. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I mean, this every offseason has become very tough, the last three of them, I'd say. But I almost feel like, and you know, Ross Colton, Alex Kalorn, Pat Maroon, the big three that are no longer here, I actually don't think this is as bad as it was after 2021 and after 2022, the feeling I had of the players we lost, if that's fair. I know Kalorn might have been the biggest fan favorite, but go back to 2021, we lost Barkley Goodrow, we lost Blake Coleman, we lost Yanni Gord. You go to the next year, we lost Andre Palat, and we lost Ryan, Ryan McDonough. And now this year it's it's Kalorn, who is older than those players and was going to be more expensive, right? So it's a little bit – I think that one's a little easier to swallow. And then Maroon, I think we were, we were okay with them moving on from Pat Maroon. I, I yes. don't think yeah. – honestly, besides the fact that he's a great locker room guy, you want to have him on your bench and stuff like that, I think from a straight playing standpoint, 
you could see the the end is near, I think, for Pat Maroon. I think that's fair. Uh, and then Ross Colton was just a move they had to make uh, because they just had no chance to sign it to an extension. And I don't think he was ever really part of the true core of this team. Right. So I actually don't think this offseason is as bad as it's been, like from a from a sentimental standpoint. I don't think it's been the, the worst of the last three. I guess um, I guess if, if you look at it collectively, it's been, you know, collectively, yeah. collectively, it's an anvil. It's an anvil. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, boy, when you start looking at those pictures, I saw one the other day where somebody blacked out all the players that have left, and there's only eight players left from that uh, 2021 uh, Stanley Cup team. That's a lot. It's crazy. A lot. But it also is arguably the best core of players in hockey. Um, so you can say, from a, from, at least from a competitive standpoint, the Lightning still have a shot. I'm not going to sit here and say this year's team is better than – either of those Stanley Cup teams. I'm not. I think it could be better than last year's team. I think it could be better than last year's team. I think I think this team last year, number one, was to me, first and foremost, and maybe one, two, three on the list of why they failed to win a cup is exhaustion, exhaustion, and exhaustion. Uh, it's just too much hockey to play in a three-year span that was compressed anyway because of COVID. Um, it's just it, it's it's just not possible for human beings to continue to operate at that level and play what 105 games um I mean, they've literally played an extra season of hockey in the past three years and it's in its intense playoff level hockey which is different than regular season hockey so i think um it was just a matter of of time before this team just stopped being able to play at that level other teams are hungrier it's just the nature of the beast so i i expect this team to come back hungry i think they'll be a faster team i think they'll be harder to play against in terms of the physicality of some of the players that they've added, um, they'll be faster, as I mentioned. I, and I think they have a chance to be better. I don't know that. We'll see how it all comes together, but I think they have a chance. And you've heard the reports. I mean, we just had the Lightning Development Camp, and it sounds like three guys, Kucherov, Point, and Vasilevsky, yeah. have been in there very frequently since the season ended. So we talked about the fact that they're getting this rest, and obviously – you know, practicing on the ice is nothing compared to playing Stanley Cup playoff hockey. I understand. But these this team, to me, we talked a lot about, oh, well, they have two cups, you know, and there's the opportunity to just say, oh, yeah, yeah, we won two. It's OK. If we don't win anything else, we're good. I, this team has a different mentality as far as I'm concerned. They, they got the taste of winning two times in a row and going to three. And, you know, we've talked about it at length. They're a Braden Point injury away from potentially being three-time cup champions in a row, something that hasn't been done in a long, long time. So I think last year pissed them off. I think they know that there's another level to their game that they can get to, and they're taking it personally. It's kind of like how the Bucks are doing it, albeit yeah. in a completely different situation where they're trying to prove that, you know, we're more than just Tom Brady, and, you know, we got good players on this team. I think the Lightning are trying to prove that, yeah, we also have, like you said, perhaps the best core in hockey is still here, and we know how good we played in that Toronto series. We showed that we still got it. And we're going to come back this year refreshed, and and they're going to have a different mentality. I, I believe so, and you know we've talked about this many many times. As Vasilevsky goes, so go the Lightning, right? And I think we noticed from the very beginning of this season that Vasi just wasn't Vasi, and then we found out after the season that he admitted what twenty thirty games in that he was just done. He was not done, but really really feeling the effects of the last few seasons. And, you know, the difference between being a really good goalie and an elite goalie is about that much, right? And it's that, it's that focus, that energy, 
and just being locked in. And just he just didn't seem as locked in as he was. I'm not I'm not laying everything at the feet of Vasilevsky. That's not what I'm doing. I mean, this defense, this team had defensive issues last year. There's no question about it. And I don't lay them at the feet of necessarily the defensemen. I just think as a team, they did not play the defense that you had seen uh, prior in them winning Stanley Cups. They just, they, 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 there was too much, um, too much open ice. There were too many odd man rushes. There was not taking care of uh, the front of your net. It was just, there wasn't the defensive intensity that we had seen in years past. And I think in the end, that's what really caught up with them. And, and, and I think part of, and part of that is exhaustion because what is defense? It's energy and effort for the most part. Yeah, you, you got to work your game plan. Um, but the, when you see stuff, the lazy turnovers that, that lead to goals, when you see the guys left wide open, it's just to me that's mental focus, lack of mental focus, lack of mental energy, not you know um, back-checking enough and giving that energy. And that to me is just the, the accumulation of, of three finals runs. Yeah, it just all year it was, it was clear that the Lightning, there was something missing with that team. It was a little off. Uh, even like star players getting benched in, in Buffalo, I believe it was. The the game against Carolina where they got outshot by like 30-something shots. It yeah. was just like that might have been the hardest Lightning game to watch probably through this entire run. Um, and then in the playoffs, like to your point, I think you know we talk a lot about the defense and some of the guys they lost there, but I think the back-checking, and some of the defense from your forward group is what really, really did this team in from a defensive standpoint. And I think a lot of that had to come down to the fact that their bottom six did not have a lot of speed yep. into it. And those guys were just clearly gassed. And you look at the additions they made, I think they have guys now that can do it. And I think if you join this Lightning team in any given situation, I think you could almost score 20 goals all of a sudden out of nowhere. And I, that's why I think the Connor Sheary deal – who's going to be around here for three years, Julian Breezeball, smartly getting that done for a $2 million AAV. You put him on the top line, you put him on the second line, that guy's going to score 20-plus goals this year for the Lightning. Yeah. I, I feel pretty confident saying that, and he's going to kind of take some of that burden away from the loss of Alex Cologne. Yeah, we had uh, Eric Erlinson on, and he talked about Sherry playing with Alex Ovechkin um, and also playing with, with Sidney Crosby. So he knows how to play with top talent like Kucherov, like Stamkos, and he kind of likened uh, Stamkos more to Ovechkin because Stamkos is such a deadly shooter. And, and Connor Sheary knows how to set him up. So that might be, you know, will we see him on the top line? Will we see him on the second line? Where, how do these, these top six forwards shake out uh, without Kalorn now? Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. And I think that'll be, that'll be a work in progress for, for Cooper and see how they, they mesh well. Yeah, and then you still have the uh, – if you keep the top line together – that it oftentimes I think was great for them, the Kucherov, Point, and Hagel. Mm -hmm. I still think that's as good of a line in hockey if that's what they're going to go with. And also, too, we didn't even we haven't even mentioned Victor Hedman yet, who clearly was not 100% at all last right. year at any point. Exactly. I mean, and that showed. And I know Victor's not a – he's not a young pup anymore by any means, and I hope that this isn't the start of, you know, the decline of Victor Hedman. But let's be real. I mean, he didn't run the first power play unit. I think a lot of that came down to the fact, and I think you had brought this up through the season – that potentially there's just not enough, you know, oomph in that shot right there last year. And maybe that's why he wasn't on that first power play unit. So maybe we get that working again and he becomes the dominant defenseman as well that we have a bit grown accustomed to seeing because I think his success goes hand in hand with Vasilevsky in determining this team's fate. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, and, and uh, Breeze Bois was able to bring all these guys in on like $7.5 million of cap space that he had. 
So I think he did a fantastic job. Got Luke Glendening, who will probably be a third or fourth line center. And he is a tremendous face-off guy. I think he won 59% of his face-offs last year. And that's something that the Lightning really, really needed, and especially that Toronto series. You just remember them just not being able to control the puck in those key uh, defensive or offensive zones when, you hot, when you're on the power play. It seemed like they, they would win all the big face-offs and, you know, you're – the puck's down the ice when you have a power play trying to tie things up. And that's another 15, 20, 30 seconds if you can get it in the zone, which they, they weren't very good at. So um, I think I think Len Denning is a good uh, addition. Uh, Josh Archibald as a guy on the bottom six that's going to give you more speed, more, um, more tenacity, more fight. Uh, and I just think overall, I think that's what Breeze Bois really wanted to see is to get this team faster and be harder to play against with that that, that bottom six. So yeah, yeah. I was going to say uh, Glenn Denning in particular. I almost view him as the direct replacement for uh, Pierre Edward Belmar. Yeah. And obviously, I think he's like what six, five or six years younger than Belmar. So there's some added speed level. He's not going to put the puck in the back of the net. He's not. He's only at six points total in seventy games this year for Dallas. If you can believe it. He's not going to do that, but he's going to win face-offs. He's going to go on the penalty kill. I've looked at his track record. There's been three years throughout his career that he's actually gotten Selkie votes for being, you know, which is the award that goes to the best defensive forward in hockey. So he does all those good things, and you got him for super, super cheap. I think that's the theme here is regardless of what they lost, with what they had to work with, I think Julian Brisebois on the on the surface, it looks like he did as good of a job as possible in plugging some of these holes. And now we wait for Tanner Janelle. Is, is really the last domino here, which he's taken them to arbitration, and we'll see what that number comes in at. Yeah, and, and you know, he's not going anywhere. Um, so he's, and I think he's, you know, if, if I look at guys that need to step up this year, and, and, and of course, I'm going to start with number one is Nick Paul. Nick Paul has to take the next step in his maturation. Um, he's got to get to that 20, I don't, we talk about 20 goals, he's been there before. We need 25 to 30 out of Nick Paul. He can be a dominant I I kind of see him not as nasty, but you know, he could be a Tom Wilson type of player where he can be physical, he can uh he can be monstrous on the forecheck. He skates really well. He's got skill. At, at times I just feel like, you know, he he, he leaves it to Kucherov and Stamkos and, Surratt and some of these other guys, Kalorn at the time, and, and doesn't take ownership the way he should. I think he can be a much more dominant player if he just sees himself in that role. And I think that's what the Lightning want, want, want to push him to be. Um, because I think he can be that. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the, the, the skill. It's just a matter of want to for me, for him. So he's number one. And Tanner Janot is number two. That, that's another guy that I think needs to step up and hit the 20-goal mark um, like he did as a rookie and provide that, that great forecheck, that physicality. And I think I think that those two guys, to me, really need to step up. Oh, yeah, Nick Paul. I mean, it's just a big question is what happened to Nick Paul last season. Yeah. Completely disappeared in the second half. I mean, he went a, a huge stretch of the season where he only had scored one goal, just like yeah. he couldn't buy one. Uh, it didn't really come in the playoffs either. So you could throw him in there as guys who need to step up. Tanner Janot. I don't think Tanner Janot, if you look at the numbers when he scored 24 goals in Nashville, there was a lot of uh, – not a. He scored at a an elite rate efficiently, I believe, compared to the amount of shots he took, and it kind of view it was kind of viewed as unsustainable. Right. And I think you saw him come back down to earth this past year in Nashville in a very mediocre team. 
And then as is the case with a lot of these guys, I mean, we remember Brandon Hagel and Nick Paul didn't light it on fire, especially Hagel when they got here. It just it's kind of an awkward. He got hurt at the end of the year. Uh, so many misconceptions. He he wasn't healthy scratched in the playoffs. Okay, that's that's a that's a false narrative. He was it was lucky he even made it back in time, and he just could right. not be anywhere near what they needed to be to beat Toronto. Right, so. You get him for a full season, I think he should be better. I mean, Anthony Sorelli is another one where, again, kind of an odd season for him where he came in late because of the injury. And I don't think Anthony Sorelli had the offensive season that you wanted from him last year. And I don't think he was as good as a defensive forward. I mean, the year prior, he finished fifth in the Selkie voting. And last year, I don't know if he even got any votes. So uh, I expect another big jump from him as well, especially with his extension kicking in. Yeah, and, and you look at, the, you know, Braden Point, I think, with the 50-goal season, um, I think he put himself on the map nationally, whereas I think we've regarded him as, at least I have. I think I, I said before the season, and you scoffed at me. I did I scoff. Think, I did scoff. he's a top-five player in this league. I'm still scoffing at that. But. Okay, I, and I, 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 I'm going to stand by it. I'm going to stand by it. I think he's, because he will play 200 feet, because he's won, he's won stuff, and a lot of these other guys that you put in the top five have not won anything um, besides individual awards. So uh, that's why I, I put Braden pointed because of his leadership, because of the big time goals that he scores, big time goals that he scores, overtime goals in playoffs. Um, and he had a hell of a year. And I still think there's room for him to grow. I still think there's room for him to grow in his game. So I, as you know, you look at this team and say Kucherov obviously is, you know, he's he's been that 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 MVP, he's been that guy. I think Point can be that guy. I really do. Um, I I think you know Stamkos has had his past two seasons have been two of his best. I don't expect him to take a step up, but I think he's he's going to be there with his leadership. Uh, it's the final year of his contract, so maybe there's a little bit of uh, motivation there. But I you know I don't see any fall off from him. Uh, he is, you know, last year with all the accolades, the 500th goal, the 1,000 points, 1,000 game, all that stuff. Um, I just don't see him like in retirement mode. I see him as in go mode. And the way this team talks, they're very serious about getting back and winning another cup. And because I think, and when you talk about, and, and as we we're, we're going to kind of in our next segment go into the history and the great moments and relive, we got some great sound to play for you. I got some old Channel Eight stuff. Uh, from Game 7, we're going to give you. So don't go anywhere. You're going to have a lot of fun with this hour. Um, but I think I think this team rightly sees itself as... Uh, I I think if you look at the modern game, you could call the, the Lightning a dynasty. Having you know gone to three straight finals, what, uh, five finals, uh, five finals in the last 10 years, 11 years. Um, I mean, they their numbers, especially the last six years, are off the charts. As far as consistency, you look at the rest of the league, and you know the, the Blues win the, the the Stanley Cup. They're you know they don't even make the playoffs the next year. No, nobody's won a playoff series after winning a cup um, in the last I think 10, 15 years, except the Tampa Bay Lightning. So you could argue right now that they're a quote dynasty, but you get one more or two more cups, which I think they're capable of getting. Then there's no question. There's no I debate. What's we got to win a third. I think, third. I think they got to win a third to get it done, but it doesn't take any away from how impressive it is to go to four yeah. in a span of what eight seasons. I think yeah. it is That's going back to 2015 in the, in the salary cap era. I think it's as close. And, you know, you look at what happens, you know, I've been talking a lot about Pittsburgh cause I'm drawing parallels to, I don't want the lightning to become that at yeah. some point. They're not close to that by any means, but Pittsburgh won their two cups in 16 and 17 
and then they've completely just come, gone no-show since. I don't think they've won a playoff series since 2017, yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, the Lightning are not that. I know they went home in the first round, but as we've been saying and as we said at the time, that was not your typical team that got knocked out in the first round, right. nor performance. There was just things kind of – you know, bad bounces and, and they were the better team. They were the better team in that they series. And I'll stand, I'll stand by it. By every metric you look at, um, you know, the advanced uh, metrics and, and game stats analytics, the lightning were the better team. Um, but listen, you tip your cap to Toronto. They got it done. Uh, they forgot that there was a second round or a third round, or even a playoffs. So they weren't around for long, but um, you know, and as I look at the Toronto team, I don't think they got better in the off season. Um, you know, Florida, I think it's going to be, I think they found themselves in the second half of the season. I think they're going to be, uh, a, a tough team to play against, uh, Boston, I think is, I, I don't expect them to be back in, in the form that, that, that they were this year. Um, I, so I, I don't think there's a dominant team out there. You like oh. Carolina. I think you like Carolina this next Well, season. not, not particularly. I see. I like Carolina, but my question with them is, can they score enough? I think defensively, I know that Carolina could do it. I know there, there's rumblings right now. They, they're trying to bring in Tarasenko, and, and, but Tarasenko, to me, he's aging. He's had injury history. Uh, he's coming off a, down, a really down season for his standards with St. Louis and New York, which I never thought was a good fit for him. Uh, so I don't know how Carolina takes the jump. But like I said last year, or last week rather on the show, the East is getting better. But I think it's more on the metropolitan side. I mean, if you look view the Atlantic, you said I don't think Toronto got better. I think Toronto got substantially worse. If I'm being honest, yeah. I, their moves to me, they I, I just can't really I I don't think they made much sense. I think they did get worse. I don't see what they added there, and I think there's too much after what happened last year to them in the second round. Even though they won that playoff series. I mean, there's all these rumblings. There's like a portion of the fan base that wants to move on from Matthews. There's a portion of the fan base that says that's crazy. Somebody's got to go. They can't build a, a true, complete team, I don't think, right now with four guys taking up 50-plus percent of their uh, their payroll. Mm-hmm. I'm, not a, I'm just not a Toronto believer. Not a Toronto believer right now. I think Boston takes a step back, and then you kind of look towards some of the other teams uh, like a Buffalo and like a Detroit and Ottawa, Montreal, or any of those teams going to take Buffalo, the steps yeah, forward? Buffalo's made some moves. Buffalo yeah. looks like they're right there. Like they're mm-hmm. like I, I think I made the comparison. They're the Detroit Lions of the NHL right now. Mm-hmm. But we've seen teams before get hyped up and then they don't exactly take that leap. So do I have faith in Buffalo? The yeah. Rangers. Oh, I think the Rangers are a lot better than what they showed last year. Yeah, I think. I think trying to add two huge players like that, Kane and Tarasenko at that time, I think it tanked their team chemistry on the ice. Yeah. I don't think they actually fit what they're trying to do. It's still a really young team with some veteran players who have done it for a while, like Panarin and, and uh, Zibanejad there and Kreider. So I think New York's going to be a lot better. And similar to the Lightning, they go as Shesterkin goes. Yep. And I think Shesterkin wasn't as dominant last year as he was the year prior to that. So – New York's definitely going to be a player for sure. Uh, I think a lot of people, including yourself, look out west and see Colorado as uh, you know the team to beat, and we'll see. I like, and I, I think Vegas is is a good team. Obviously, we we saw what they did in winning the cup, but I don't, you know. Okay, let's see how they bounce back. Let's see if they have the energy and the enthusiasm to come back next year and play at a high level and, and advance in the playoffs like the Lightning did. I, I think from a from a personnel standpoint, you know. You know, is Aiden Hill? They're they're paying him what four million a year now. 
Is he going to, you know, he came out of nowhere. Is he going to be the guy for a whole season when all the pressure's on him? We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I still think I, Edmonton's another trendy one. I think everybody's waiting on on that core to kind of punch through finally. Uh, but, again, what is around them? giving up seven and eight goals, you know, in, 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 you know, three of the games of your series and think you're a serious contender. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, if I've learned anything from John Cooper, those aren't <laughs> the teams that win Stanley Cups. No, they they're they to me seem like a great they're a great regular season team regular season team. They're a lot of fun. And I say that, I mean they got to a conference final the year prior and then they just ran into a buzzsaw which was known as Colorado. But I think the way it ended last year was really disappointing. A lot of people yeah. were just saying it was going to be Edmonton and Boston yeah. in the final, but I don't know. I I, I don't uh, see it. I don't that's not how hockey works, but yeah, the West is a little bit to me easier to forecast. I think Colorado, I'll stand by that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the class of the West right now. All right, so that's how we see the Lightning this year coming up. Uh, but we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to go back into the Wayback Machine and uh, enjoy our top five moments in Lightning history. Uh, we're going to uh, take you back to some uh, interesting moments in uh, my career at Channel Channel 8 as I interviewed Dave Andrewchuk and Game 7 after um, he won the Cup and skated with the Cup. You'll hear from Nikolai Hobby Bulin as well. Uh, so we'll have some fun with this. Sit back, relax, quick break here. We want to thank our all of our sponsors, the Jeeves Law Group, who will give you the personal attention you deserve in those accident cases. Bay Area Modern Medical Center, if you're looking for testosterone replacement therapy or weight loss, great folks to go see over there. Go see Chris Lugo at BAMMC.com. You can make your appointment right there. Italiano Insurance, the Golden Diamond Source, Extravaganza Productions, and American Mortgage Services. Thanks to all our sponsors. Back in three. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area modern medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will 
represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue. That's my carrier. Love them paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. Welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by the great folks at Extravaganza Production. Just heard the spot right there. If you're uh, looking for uh, some folks to help you out with a party or a convention you're doing or a charity event, just uh, go to their website, extravaganzaproductions.com, or Google them, and they will give you a free creative strategy session. Just call them up, tell them you heard it on the J.P. Show, and they'll uh, give you a tour through their incredible warehouse where they have like all these props, just incredible stuff up there. So whatever the theme or you don't even know the theme, they'll throw some at you, have a great creative meeting with Paul Thomason and his crew over there, and they will hook you up. That's Extravaganza Productions. Well, it's been quite an extravagant production for the Lightning over the last few years, and really, uh, you know, when you look at the breadth of the first uh, 30 years of this franchise, um, there's not many that have come along that have been able to put up three cups the way the Lightning have and have the success they've had, and not to mention 
that it's in Tampa, Florida, Tampa Bay, Florida, right? That it happened uh, in a, in the Sunshine State, where some of these original six teams like Toronto and and Philly and so many of the, these other teams have struggled to put together Montreal um, Cup winning teams. You know, the Lightning have been able to do it and especially get to the conference finals in an incredible way. So we're going to do our top five moments in Lightning history, and we got some sound for you as well. So we might as well kind of go uh, chronologically. And, you know, one of the ones that I was not here for this, I just missed it because I got here in 97, was 1996 when the Lightning went to the playoffs for the first time. And they did it when they were playing over at Tropicana Field, which was known as the Thunderdome at that time. And they put in, what was it, 28,183 uh, against the Flyers and uh, went on to, to win, I think, game three or four. They had game three and four. Both of them got over 28,000. And the record still stands as the biggest crowd in playoff history, NHL playoff history. So... That's a pretty big moment for this franchise. I wasn't here, but I remember watching the games on TV and going, wow, something uh, something special might be brewing there in Tampa. That's amazing. 1996, where there was still the stigma, I'm assuming, of the Southern market having a hockey team. Oh, unheard of. And that team in their fourth, fifth year of existence, whatever it was, puts 28,000 in that place for a playoff game. Ooh. Yeah, and it was, from those who have covered it, it was loud, and it was – it was fun. So uh, for those of you who remember that, and I think I played, what, two seasons there in the Thunderdome uh, before the uh, the Ice Palace opened in, what, 1998, I think, maybe the Ice Palace opened, or was it, is it earlier than that? Um, I'm not exactly – I think that, that's about when it, when it did. Yeah, and then the Lightning um, at that time, ownership was – 96. 96 they went into uh, the, the – um, Ice Palace. It says it opened in '96. Yeah. 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 So it was the year the year after the uh, they had the the big crowds at the Thunderdome. Um, of course, you know this, the Lightning were birthed in Expo Hall, and you know the great stories with that. You know, where 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 they got the NHL inspection team came in to make sure they had 200 feet of ice, and um, and and Espo had them you know push back the bleachers you know long far far enough where they could get to 200 feet. And then as soon as he was gone, they moved him back. Uh, the rink was not not quite long enough, but they had 10,000. I've, I've been to Expo Hall. I wasn't there that night. But I've been to Expo Hall, and I'm like, how the hell did they play hockey in here? Like, how in the hell did they play a National Hockey League game in here? Let alone, what, a couple of seasons they played there. Yeah. I, I don't know how they did it, but they, they, I think it was the first game, right, that everybody remembers where yeah. uh, Chris, Chris Conto scored four goals against the Chicago Blackhawks. Yes. Inside yeah. inside the building where I got I graduated high school in, which every <laughs> time I go in there, I think about the Lightning, and I'm just like, wait a second. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. How did they play hockey in this thing? But they did. Awful, awful. Um, so let's go back and uh, go down memory lane. This was one. So I, I got a chance to uh, – this is when I was working at Channel 8. And we followed the Lightning on the 2004 journey all the way, you know, went to Montreal. Where did we go? The Islanders. Um, and then Calgary for the final. So we're out in Calgary, and they had this thing called the Red Mile, right, where all the fans went out on the streets, kind of their main street down there. 
tops off for Kippersoff. That was the big thing. The girls, you know, just you, you walk down the red mile and yell tops off for Kippersoff and the girls would flash you. I heard, I didn't, ex- you know, that's just urban myth, mm. uh, but it happened. Um, so the, the Calgary is going bananas. Uh, they lead the series three, two. And I remember we walk into the arena and I mean, the, their tailgates, the people everywhere, just three, four hours before the game and the set, the old saddle dome. I don't know if they, they still play there, but the old saddle dome looked like a saddle. Um, and we walk in and there's the cup right there. The cup is right there. It's open. It's on display. And these people are just going bananas. And I'm like, oh, my God. The Lightning, do they even have a chance to win this? All of Canada is pulling for the, for Calgary tonight. The Cup is in the house. Um, a Canadian team hadn't won since, what's Montreal in 96 or 92, I think. 93, 93. 93, yeah. Which still and stands. <laughs> still stands. Um, so this was the moment. And there was, a, there was a play earlier in the game where Hobby Bullen makes a save. And they had to, re- I guess they had to replay it, but it was, it was not a goal. It was not a goal. Don't tell that to Calgary fans. Yeah. They... Well, there's the, there's a famous picture taken from center <laughs> ice. Okay. You know, that goes back towards the goal and the puck is in the air and you can see the line. So with the puck being in the air, it looks from that vantage point, like it's in, but it's not. If you looked at it down the line, it did not go in. So enough of that. But um, in 33 seconds into the second overtime, and uh, my photographer and I, uh, Bob Hansen, are walking down to our live shot spot because we're going to have to go live, but maybe before the game ends. And, you know, we, we, so they, they dropped the puck. I said, let's watch a little bit here, you know, first couple shifts before we go outside. And sure as shit, <laughs> Marty St. Louis on the rebound. Here's Gary Thorne. Calling, calling it for, uh, AB, I believe, ABC Sports at the time. Or not. Game seven, Martin St. Louis! We are going back to Tampa Bay! 33 seconds into the double overtime! His first shot of the game, gets the rebound, put it up top. Uh, do you, uh, you want to try, try that again? again? Or, or is that is that all we got? Did you miss it? I, I heard. I, I heard. I missed so, the first. I missed part the first. My bad about that. Let me play it again for you here. Uh, let me go back to the front here. The hit off. Leopold in the corner got it out of there. Moved it up the wall. Tullamore went down. Taylor the shot redirected. Stop. That man did just uh, just evaporated out of that building. You can hear the Lightning players celebrating. Great call by Gary Thorne, by the way. I like great. Oh, Gary I Thorne. miss Gary Thorne, man. Oh, yeah. Gary what Thorne is like the, the goat of hockey announcers. The goat. Yeah, uh, some might argue that. Some might argue that, but um, what, what, yeah, he. Well, a Doc a Doc Emmerich, what people would say. Uh, he doesn't hold the candle to Gary Thorne. I'm sorry. Gary Thorne was pretty damn good. It's hard to beat that call right there. That was fantastic. And and so, you know, there we were, um, shocked as ever. And we went down and we were doing our live shots. And I told my news director a couple days prior that he needed to get security. Because if, you know, if either if they won the cup or the Lightning won that game, there were going to be some angry fans, and boy, there were. Thank God we got some security. So we were doing our live shots, you know, just 
probably 10 minutes after that goal goes in, I'm going on live at the top of the 11 um, for News Channel 8, and it's just it's be- and people are walking by just yelling obscenity. It was, you know, it was it was terrible. But then it was just like, hey, get on the plane, get back here. Games and for the team, it was the same thing. Um, you know, Andrew, Andrew Chuck tells the stories of how they, you know, they partied that night. They they had a nice little party that night, and then got on the plane and went back. And um, of course, the uh, I guess uh, I would have to call this. I mean, you could maybe look at some of the other moments of this, uh, you know, this run. But to me, the 04 game seven that night, um, I remember where Stacy Scheibel and I were on a scissor lift on Thunder Alley above the crowd. And just there was just there was no open spots. I mean, if, and, and then we took the, the Eagle eight shot from above and you know, all the streets were shut down. It, it had to be 50, 60, 100,000 people around Amelie Arena. I don't know how many there were, but it was just a sea of people. When they took the overhead shot, I was like, oh, my God. There's just – it's just people everywhere. And it was unlike – you know, of course, remember, before the, the, the Bucks won the Super Bowl in Tampa, they never – you know, the Bucks won their first one, obviously, in San Diego. So this was the first championship to actually won on, on home soil. And um, I remember watching it from the Zamboni uh, spot. And the last few seconds, and that save that Hobby Bulin makes with the right pad, I'll never forget, with about three seconds to go, because you know, Andrew Chuck's coming out of the box. The place is going wild with two or three seconds to go. It's like the game's over. It was two to one, and, and he had to make this save, or we're going to overtime. But here's the call by, by Dave Mishkin, uh, 2004, the Stanley Cup championship. Loose in the far corner. Leopold leaves it in front. Oh, Abby Ball knocks it away. One second left. A shot. What a call by Mish. The music behind it there. That's oh. that's off the, the twenty the two thousand four documentary that they sold that I have still on oh. DVD. I got nothing to plug DVD, it into or right? throw it into. But I got it on DVD still, and that was the, the music they added to it. Just fantastic, fantastic call. And for Dave and for Phil Esposito, imagine that feeling for him to to try to convince everybody to give Tampa Bay an expansion team. Yeah. And then in twelve years to see it get there. And that's what I was gonna bring up real quick. Like for how like crazy this run was like if you look at the lightning before that run from 1997 to 2002 listen to how many points they put up in those seasons 44 47 54 59 69 and then they get the year next where they won the, the division finally and then went home in the second round and then the stanley cup it was that quick it was that quick. I dare you to find something like that that's ever happened in NHL history, a team that goes from literally the bottom of the barrel that quickly to winning a Stanley Cup and having that roster assembled. You know, in covering that team, I would have to say, obviously, the addition of Andrew Chuck uh, and Daryl Sador as well, I believe, on the, on the blue yep. line, uh, were the huge additions. I mean, they had firepower with Vinny and Marty and Brad 
Um, you know, Fedotenko had a great playoff. He had 12 goals yeah, in and the playoffs and had and the if, two goals in game seven. And if I recall, they made a trade for Fedotenko the year prior where they traded, I believe they traded a first round pick and a pretty high one to get him and Brad Lukowicz in the building. Yeah. And that was a move at the time where I think people looked at it like, wow, you're trading that high of a pick for yeah. Ruslan Fedotenko. But I mean, if you recall, especially in that Philly series, Fedotenko couldn't stop scoring. Yeah, he was. Tremendous. I mean, he was he was tremendous. Freddie Modine, Corey Stillman was there for a year. Yeah. I think that's the, the the Corey Stillman was second on the Lightning in points that season yeah, behind Mark. We year. forget about that. Yeah, I mean that team was just Pavel Kabina, Dan Boyle. I mean, just completely loaded. Yeah, it was it was a great team, but you know the guy that put it all together was Torts. Torts, yeah. you know, Torts brought. He was special. He was really, really special. And I don't know if there's another coach that would have been able to get that out of these guys. And, you know, and specifically Vinny LeCavalier. I mean, he and Torts went at it forever. And, you know, and it just, it, you know, he took, Torts took the C off his chest. Um, you know, that's, that's not something that, that, that's a, you know, that's a pushing all your chips in, right? I mean, this is the star of your team. This is your, your transcendent star, Vinny LeCavalier, your number one pick, all that. And you're going to, you know, take the C off his chest. That's, you know, that's going all in. And it worked. And it worked. He got the best out of Vinny. Um, and that was, to me, he was the glue. He was the glue. He was the force. Shut your yap. You know, took the pressure off his team. Took it and put it all on him. He was a special, special coach in that moment. He was a perfect man for, the, for that particular team at that particular time. Yeah, and, and also every great team needs a great goaltender. And, yes. uh, you know, I think everybody, we love Jay Feaster. He built so much of that team. But yep. I don't think we give enough credit to who came before him, and that was Rick Dudley, who really yeah. kind of made the he, – he's the one, I, feel, I believe, that drafted Vinny and found Brad. Uh, Marty St. Louis, and you can call it luck all you want, but he found that cast off from Calgary, who went on to be for a while, and some people might still say the best player of this franchise in this yeah. franchise's history. Uh, and then he made a trade at the time that I don't think was a big one, which was landing Nikolai Habi Bullen. And imagine them without Habi Bullen. You can't. So I think so I think the, the combination of those two, Rick Dudley and Jay Feaster, meant a lot to that the construction of that team. I would agree. It's a great point. Um, all right, we've got to take another break. Quick break. When we come back, we're going to take you back in the Wayback Machine one more time to that night, uh, June 7th, uh, 2004, We'll take you into uh, into the the locker room, the dressing room of the Lightning, uh, and I and I had to, a chance to chat with um, Nikolai Hobby Bulin and Dave Andrichuk. So, quick break. We'll have that for you when we come back here on our special edition Lightning theme show. Stay with us. All right. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do. 5,000 crunches at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. 
Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right. Welcome back to our special edition of the JP Peterson Show as we uh, relive some of the great memories and lightning history. Uh, We've already talked about this team and what their expectations are and how they look going forward. So if you missed any of that, just back it up on the podcast and enjoy the, uh, the, the open here where we talked about this year's team. But we're Going in the Wayback Machine now, and uh, I went and found this one, Nick, as we were talking about that Game 7 in 2004, June 7th. Um, so this is after the game. I'm doing the post-game interviews down right outside the Lightning dressing room, and I'm like, I got to get Dave Andrichuk. And, pri- and and what you'll hear, uh, it cuts off, but because um, it's kind of an edited piece here. So we'll, we'll just listen to this. This is myself. I think you'll hear... The great Rod Carter in there, Stacey Scheibel, uh, and uh, myself with David Andrzejczyk and Nikolai Habibulin. So let's let's roll this one. And out in the middle of the crowd right now is Jen Lee. Actually, we're going to go to JP first. He has the guy who's been waiting 22 years for this cup, Dave Andrzejczyk. JP? Yeah, thank you, Stacey. Dave Andrzejczyk is here. He just had about 50 family members go through. He said he may have lost money on this series. Dave, just your emotions right now. I saw you hold the cup up. What were you thinking right then? Uh, first of all, I wasn't thinking about not dropping it, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just, just, uh, obviously I was so proud of my teammates, the way that they've worked all year long. And I remembered back to my first year in the league. Uh, it, I was, it was a long time ago now, but, uh, it's taken a long road, but I could have never imagined the, the way I'm feeling right now. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, totally awesome. <laughs> and you know, you were just pointing at this. I'm thinking... See this? That's out of there. Woo! It's the Calgary symbol. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in trouble for that, I can tell you. All right, guys, thanks very much. Nikolai Habibulin, uh, <laughs> the greatest goalie in the world. I think we can say that right now. What was this series like? What was the final uh, 10 minutes like for you tonight? 
Well, probably was the longest, uh, the longest 10 minutes in my life. But uh, you know, we uh, we won the game, so uh, I was I was very happy for the whole team, especially for Dave. Yeah. Bolts have won the Stanley Cup. It's there right there on the Tampa the, Tribune. The extra, extra is out already. Praise the Cup. Indeed. Let's go back out to uh, the uh, hockey rink and uh, uh, find out what's happening out there. Hey, that's yeah. the yeah. Cup. We, 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 we could cut, cut it right there. That's the dulcet tone, great, great Bob, Bob Height right, right there. there. And Keith, Keith Kate, who's still at the News Channel 8. Uh, yeah, we, I think we went to like like 2 in the morning that night uh, just doing interviews with everybody. It was a tremendous night. Um, I'll, I'll never forget it. This is a broadcaster. Uh, just so to be able to do that interview with Dave and uh, he was we had a little monitor there so I said right after that, that piece you heard I said but I don't think you've seen this yet but this is you skating with the cup and he was just like watching it and he was speechless and he started you know tearing up and he's like man that's uh, seeing it like that is, is jarring for him and it, it, what a journey it was 22 oh, years what was it 24 20 uh well you was 22 years right you just yeah. said it there 22 years he had to wait to get that opportunity yeah and he had to watch it in the penalty box oh my yeah, goodness in the penalty box. i think he got out with like like when happy Boone was making that save but yeah they were um yeah they were they were had the man advantage and it was not a good time to take a penalty <laughs> no and, and, and also too you talk about the save at the end but the one that there was like three or four minutes left too that he made on jordan leopold where there yeah. was the shot from one side and then he had the he didn't control the rebound very well, and it went right out to Leopold. And I want to say it, it might have been Kubina who was like diving in front of in front of him too, and it hit it. Somehow, like he said, it just kind of hit me. He was like, "Just please hit me," yeah. and it did. And it was just those big saves down the stretch. I mean, I've heard him talk about that. Like ten minutes felt like it was like an hour uh, of them having to play that game. Crazy, crazy. A um, couple other favorite moments. Um, let's do the the Michigan call on the game winning goal as time expires in the 2015 playoffs against the Canadians, uh, Tyler Johnson's uh, greatest moment as a, as a Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's check that out. Five seconds left across the blue line, right circle. A lot. Left circle, Hadman holds. In fact, Johnson. <laughs> is there anybody better in the game than Dave Michigan? Oh my uh, there, god! I I don't I know everybody that's not in this market cannot stand his voice, and I I'm shame on you. I'm so oh, sorry that you don't get to live you don't get to live vicariously through these calls. And <clears throat> I remember this happened actually on my birthday. This was on May sixth in 2015, and I was watching this game at Ivoroni's. If you've been to Ivoroni's before, yeah, oh yeah. Have you been to Ivoroni's? Yeah, I was yes. watching the game there, and that happened. And I was listening actually to it on the way home on the radio. So I heard this call live, and I I, I got goosebumps hearing it then. I got goosebumps there, and you know, similar to how we talked uh, last week about you know the 1999 Bucks team that felt like the team that could have won, yeah, and that 2015 team. And I don't know if it was because I went to every watch party that year with my friends, and we were still in high school, and we would go to that, we would show up wearing lightning gear like every day to school. It was so exciting. And I thought that was the team, man. That yeah. team gave me a feeling that even the 2020 and 2021 teams didn't even give me feel a feeling of. That one had it all. Well, that was the year that they were against Chicago. I thought they were going to win it, and then Bish got hurt. Remember that? That killed it when Bish, Bish got hurt. And, and he, he came way out of his net, <laughs> and he collided with um, the defenseman. Was it with Hedman? Hedman. It, was it was Hedman, Hedman yeah. And, and Bish was playing out of his mind. 
And that was the moment. And then uh, that was also the moment that Vasilevsky got his got first his, taste. Got his first taste, and From he played Stanley really Cup. well. But he did a lot to ask. Lot yeah, to that ask was him. and that was the last team that Chicago had that was really great. So you had to give him credit. But remember when they went up two one, and I believe it what it might have been Hedman that scored that that overtime winner in Game Three to get them to go two zero and up. And I thought they were going to win that series. And then lo and behold, they didn't win a single game after that. Unfortunately, but that was also the year we had the birth of the triplets with Kucherov, Point, and Palat. How or Kucherov, uh, Palat, and Johnson. Yeah. And that line. I mean, that was when Tyler Johnson. He was the best triplet at yeah. that time. He was the best triplet. That was a 24-year-old Steven Stamkos, a very young. That was like a 22-year-old Victor Hedman. Yeah. That team had it all. I thought oh, that was the one that got away from me. That's yeah. the one that got away. I think if Biz stays healthy, we win that series. Maybe. I, I really do. Um, that was yeah. That that was a hell of a team. That was, a, but a, you know, obviously, you got to go through the fires to get to that cup. That's what makes it so hard. Makes it so hard. Um, all right, couple more I want to get to. Um, let's do Michigan's call of Stamkos's 500th goal uh, from this past season. Another great call by Mish. Battle on the far boards. Kalorn comes up with it. Taps it up the middle for Sorelli. Back for Kalorn in the left wing and against Sorelli. Anthony Sorelli across the blue line. Left circle Kalorn as Stamkos open in front for Stamkos. to congratulate Steven Stamkos. Steven Stamkos, 500 goals. That was, uh, remember how long, how long did it take? It was, it felt like about 10 or 11 games. It was more. a long time. He, he was, he might've been uh, grabbing the stick a little bit there for down the, during that stretch where it looked like he could not buy a goal for a little bit, but yeah. finally got the monkey off his back over there in, in Vancouver. And again, 500 goals. That is, I mean, when you say that out loud, it's still insane to me. I think that's the benchmark still of when it comes to goal scores in the NHL, how many goals you've scored in your career, 500. Yep. And the scary part is if you didn't have injuries, we'd be looking at 600-plus right now with yeah. Stephen Stamkos. But 500 as it is, incredible, incredible career. Pretty damn good. All right, let's do one more. Uh, we'll run out of time a little bit here. Um, and this is – my favorite moment for the Steven Stamkos career and maybe in this run was his goal against Dallas. He only he missed all 21 games of the playoffs. The captain couldn't, he was trying. We heard he's trying to get back. He's trying to get back. Might be this game, might be that game. Finally, he pays 247, one, two shifts maybe against the stars, but this was a big, big goal. And I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those moments that you just, you, you can't believe it, but, the, but it happened. And here's the call by Mesh. Agilov at center ice, deals it in, Ruda pokes it out to Victor Hedman. Cross a Stamkos down the right wing, cross the line right circle, Stamkos open, shoot, score! Stamkos! <laughs> and it's 2 nothing Lightning! <laughs> Look at the players going crazy for Steven. That is unbelievable. I, I just, I was like, I'm, like, he's coming down the side, I'm like, shoot the puck, shoot the puck. And you're like, and then he shot and went in, and you're like, no way! That was that may have been and, the first time he touched the puck. And what did he? He tore something. He he re-injured himself, or he tore something on that little like skate right there. So he literally did that with t whatever it was. I can't, it's been so long now. I forgot the exact injury. I mean, just talk about gutsy right there. And that was the moment where it was like, yeah, we're winning this series. 
We're winning the series. My that captain just gave me that moment. That's it. That was it. And then, of course, you know, they went back to back. Um, you know, they raised the banner without the fan, or not raise it, but they unle- uh, show the banner when the, when they come back the next season. Nobody in the building. And then finally we get a you know, Stanley Cup where everybody was in the building and the guys get to skate with the cup on, on their own ice. I mean, what a run it's been. What a run it's been. And, you know, ESPN naming um, the Lightning the best franchise in North America by their metrics where they, where they do fan appreciation and all that stuff, economics. And, and it's, it's just it's a class organization. Uh, Jeff Minnick, the best owner in all of sports. I think we all can agree with that. Uh, it's been an incredible run, and it's not over. It's not over, folks. I think this team has a great chance to get back into it. I mean, just you get into the tournament, anything can happen. If you're healthy at that particular time, These and they've got the experience. They know what it takes to win the Cup. And, folks, I cannot underscore that enough. That is something that a lot of teams don't have. And you got to go through the fire to get to the other side. And um, this team has it. And, I, you know, I'm bullish on them. I think they have an excellent chance this year, and I think – even for a few years to come, this core is going to be together. Um, they need to add a couple special parts, maybe. It's a couple of guys, as we mentioned at the beginning, need to step up, and Nick Paul and, and Tanner Janot, but I think they have as good a shot as anybody. So we'll see. All right, thank you guys for uh, watching and listening. Our special edition here of the Tampa Bay Lightning present and past. And uh, join us uh, tomorrow for another edition of the J.P. Peterson Show. Have a great day, everybody.